Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate for you as you are tuning in to this podcast. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I am so excited to have you with me today. This is a wonderful day to be alive because it is the day that the Lord hath made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. That verse of scripture is found in Psalm 118 verse 24. And what does it mean to rejoice? Well, the dictionary says it means to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, to exalt. And my acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to every one. In fact, the scripture says, whosoever will, let him come. So you have a choice and I hope and I pray that you make the right choice because we know from looking around every day what is going on on every corner of the globe. Time is running down. Time is running out. And we have an enemy out there who knows that his time is running short. Be not deceived, people. The enemy is real and he knows his time is running short. So the Bible says that he is walking about to and fro seeking whom he may devour. So he is, in fact, looking for the weakest link. Do not be that link, because let me tell you, as the Bible says, read it for yourself. Uh, it would behoove you to actually read and get acquainted if you are not with the book of Revelation. No, we may not understand everything, the symbols and all of that, even listening to other teachers and scholars as I have throughout the years, you still won't understand every, everything, but I understand enough to know that this is God's word. I understand enough to know that this is prophecy. I understand enough to know that the things that I'm seeing going on in this world has already been written for us in the word. I know that as Revelation 20 says that uh, Satan's time is narrowing down. And when this is all over, he will be bound in a pit for a thousand years as Jesus Christ comes to set up his millennial reign for a thousand years. And I mean, it gets so detailed. I'm not going to, you know, go over that because that is not my message in detail, but just enough to hope, hopefully pique your interest. Um, this world as we know it is about to end. And the Bible tells us at the end of the book of Revelation, there are 22 chapters and it talks about a new heaven and a new earth being created. So as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, which was um, the Eve syndrome, the last thing that I mentioned was this world is on its way back to God's original creation and idea for the creation that he created, which 
is us, which was man. And so he's not going to be outdone. Satan doesn't have the final say. He's just a player in the pond. In fact, we need to realize and understand that Satan is a created being. God created everything. The Bible I read tells me that he even created evil for the day of evil. So God is creator. He knows what he wants. He's designed it. Yes, he put it all into Adam's hands. As we saw, he gave man dominion. And when he created Eve, he gave her the same blessing, the same position. It says he created them male and female. And then the very next verse says in chapter one, and he blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. God gave them co commands to follow. And then we saw in chapter three, how Eve, the mother of all living was deceived by the serpent. She was beguiled. Adam was somewhere and did not take the stand as the man. And so men, you need to look at that and examine your own life and make sure that you are taking your rightful place in the home, your rightful place in society, because God did create the man with that role in mind. And then if you are married, I'm talking specifically to married men, God gave you a spouse to be a help meet. My King James Bible says help meet. H-E-L-P-M-E-E-T, a companion, comparable to be a helper, not a floor mat or a doormat, a helper to help advance the kingdom agenda. So we need to get in our rightful place. Adam did not do what he was instructed to do. And I know that he was somewhere nearby when I look at the scripture in chapter three, verse six, and it says that she took of the fruit and did eat, comma, and gave also unto her husband with her, meaning they ate together. It says, and he did eat. So Adam really dropped the ball as the caretaker, as the provider. But thank God for Jesus is what I'm going to say there. So having segued into that, I'm going to look a little bit more into this chapter and I'm going to just call this the Adam syndrome. Why not? Adam has a responsibility in this too. So let's just look at it real quick. Verse seven, I already went over, but just to recap, it says, and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. Why did they know? Because they ate from the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil that God had already commanded Adam when he created him not to eat of it. God said, if you do, you will die. And then the enemy who is more subtle than any beast working through the serpent, whatever that was, a talking serpent, uh, he came in and question, put a spin on it and said, did God say that you shouldn't touch it? Or no, did God say that you shouldn't eat from the tree? And then the woman says, oh yes, he said we shouldn't eat of it or we shouldn't even touch it, adding on to the word of God. So 
She fell for his sales pitch. It looked good. The Bible says, and she saw that the, the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. It was appealing to her eyes. And, and, and where are we with that today? We are still as men and women, be it children of God or not, still looking at everything that is appealing to the eye. We look at what seems pleasurable and we want it. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. It doesn't matter if it's a warning. You know, I, I had a little conversation. Um, the maintenance workers were uh, here for the most part of the day yesterday. So I was in my room and I was, you know, doing some stuff. I was working on a book on a computer while my son was, you know, doing his uh, work at his desk in his room. But uh, every now and then he would come and talk to me about something he was doing or reading. And at this point, um, one of the workers was, excuse me, on a ladder out by my bedroom door. And so my son came in and started talking to me about steroids, making sure the vitamins that I'm taking, one is maca root. Um, and he was like, mommy, those capsules that you're taking, that's not any type of steroid, is it? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. Cause, um, yeah, steroids are really dangerous. And he's telling me what's in the book and, and I'm just laughing at him. And he's like, no, I'm serious, mom. You know, um, I'm just making sure that you're not doing any of these dangerous things. And then, so he asked me a question, he's 10, almost 11. And he said, well, if they're so dangerous, why do people take them? And so I explained to him why in more detail than I'm going to go into, because I just don't want to run down my time. 30 minutes goes so fast, but I explained to him that people often want to see the results of it, be it for bodybuilding or athletics and things like that. And they kind of don't, worry so much about the warning. It's just like, okay, I'll just take this or I'll take a little bit of it and I'll do this. And, and isn't that kind of like what they did and what we're doing today? Okay. It might be a little bit harmful, but I want this end result so bad. I want to look this way so bad. I want to feel this way so bad. I like the way she or he makes me feel. So never mind the circumstances. Never mind that they're married. Never mind that they're treating me like they're not interested. I'm just going to go out of my way to do ABC to get their love or their attention. Why is it we always want what we shouldn't have, even if it's harmful? I will never in a million years understand why people smoke. I will never understand that the tar, the, the chemicals, the things that it does to people's lungs. And I have a neighbor, I've prayed for this man many times, you know, he's a Mexican man and he doesn't speak or understand English very well. So the com and I don't, you know, speak their language. So the conversations are kind of limited to smiles and a few words here and there, but like clockwork, since they moved in a few years ago, they're in the house behind us. This man comes out re repetitively all day and night smoking cigarettes. It's like clockwork every 20 minutes, whether he's doing something in the yard or he's in the house, you know, his wife, um, unfortunately she went to their country 
at the beginning of COVID and has not been able to enter home. So I am praying that that situation works out for them. I know he misses his wife so much. You would see them together so often and she'd have them in the shed getting out her big cooking pots and they'd be doing stuff in the yard and, you know, but he smokes around the clock around. I've even looked out the window two, three o'clock in the morning and he'll be out there smoking. I've even saw him coming in one night after midnight with a pack of cigarettes. Like he literally got in his truck and ran to the 7-Eleven, which is right at the end of our road just to get cigarettes. And I said, my goodness, that is such a horrible addiction. I couldn't have anything driving me to that. I just, that's just me. It's a choice. But I thank God I, I didn't make those choices. It's just so not good. Um, something that can collapse your lungs and make it hard for you to breathe and give you cancer. And, you know, you're suffering the rest of your life for, for a choice just to, just to inhale some, some dangerous chemicals. I don't get it. But why, why, why do we do that? We're still caught up in this bondage, man, let it go. Let these things go. These things, the Bible says, uh, lay aside, put it off. You, you know what it is to lay aside something, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets you anything that gets you off track. My, my whole thing is this, this is just Stephanie. I'm talking about Stephanie right now. I'm not speaking for anyone. I examine my life daily. The Bible says, examine yourself, see whether you be in the faith. Anything stepping up in my view, any person, anything in my life, I don't care if it's a device. I am extremely careful with my devices. I don't have cable in my home, haven't had it for about 18 or more years now. I have not paid for a cable subscription and neither has my husband. Cause I was like, Oh no, buddy, we are not filtering and streaming that filth in here to be having all kind of marital problems because this is coming on and you staying up watching. No, we buy. In fact, I just went out, we were, um, building up our, uh, Christian family movie catalog starting, uh, with War Room and some of the others. And I just went out and I bought Courageous the other day. That's a good family movie. But so we watch family movies here. And my son, he's almost 11. He still watches cartoons and, you know, some of the movies that comes out, he's heavy into Lego, Lego movies and things. And I will sit, we, we've been watching TV with this kid since he was a little boy. We did not allow, first of all, I'm a homeschool parent. He's never been in school. So we don't allow TV and things like that to babysit our child. We would sit down and watch Sesame Street and VeggieTales. And, and here's something I probably shouldn't admit. Uh, when he was younger, two, like one and two and three, I used to, you know, put VeggieTales on for my grandson and, you know, the kids at the church um, when I was over the children's ministry as a, a children's coordinator. And so I was introduced to VeggieTales and found out that even, you know, my older children liked certain VeggieTales. So I got into them. So naturally when Christian was born, we started him on a VeggieTales collection. And by the time he was able to get up and crawl around and stuff, he'd leave the area and be crawling and get, and my husband and I would sit there and watch those VeggieTales and be 
singing and humming the tunes and waking up with those catchy songs on, I still like VeggieTales to this day. And so does my son. So we don't have anything, any streaming, you know, filth through here. So I'll just put that out there. But my whole thing is, if this is not going to benefit me, if this is not going to be good for my spirit, man, if this is going to cause a rift in my relationship with Christ, oh, it, it has to go. So I'm not holding on to anything. I don't have any vices in my life. And no, I am not saying that I am perfect. Thank God. My, my worst addictions that I can ever think of probably was to honey mustard and iced tea, which kept me up all through the night and it still does. So I'm very limited with caffeine and iced tea, but those are the things that I definitely, definitely liked and in chocolate. And I've been delivered from all of that because guess what? It's not good for you. Paul said all things may be lawful, but not expedient. So I learned how to have discipline in my life. I don't need it. I don't need the credit card. I do not need to be out at the mall all week long shopping and buying things that I just don't need. I learned how to have discipline. I like to play a game and I think I mentioned it before. I like to see how much money I can come home with in my pocket. That's why I like Walmart so much because you get so many good bargains and stuff. And I like the no hassle return policy from Walmart. And I like the fact that I can order online and I can pick it up at the store. And we have two Walmarts one five minutes away, one 10 minutes up the highway, and I can go to any Walmart. So I'm a, I'm a Walmart shopper, although I go other places and not long ago went to the mall, but I didn't buy a whole lot of stuff from the mall. I get what I need and I, I try to keep it real simple. I try to live a simple life. So to me, nothing is worth missing the kingdom. Nothing is worth me missing seeing his face. So I'm not going to allow my flesh to be gratified with every little thing that comes along. I am not going places. This was before COVID. I am not going anywhere that I don't have any business going. Most of the time, my son is with me anyway. I am not bringing just anything into my home Somebody said it on a recording years ago, and I had to think about that. If Jesus came to visit, would you be able to let him in or would you have to hold him at the door while you clean up? And I cleaned house from that point, even my movies and stuff. And I didn't even really have any bad movies to speak of, but I was like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need this. This is worldly. This is carnal. I don't care about this stuff. I don't have an interest in this. And I started buying things that I wanted, books that I want to read. I don't allow the devil to control me. That's me. I don't know what you do, but I hope that after hearing this podcast, men will start to, first of all, we need to repent. That goes without saying. And people think I probably need to do some episodes on repentance because people are so misguided from all of these teachings and understand that a lot of it comes from doctrines of devils. People are so misguided 
Repentance is not just saying I'm sorry and then going back out and doing the same things. It is not. I understand Jesus says 70 times seven to forgive, but that's that's not repentance. If you keep doing the same things to a person and you have to keep coming back saying that you're sorry, you're really not. You may be like Judas Iscariot. Maybe you're remorseful and you feel bad about what you did, but it's not enough to make you repent. Repentance means turn away from it, meaning I was doing this way, this thing, I was going this way, but I totally understand that I was wrong and I'm going to turn around and now I'm going the opposite way, not 360, just a 180 degree change in direction. And that's what we need to do. Adam, you need to step up today. God is still saying today, after all of this time, Adam, where are you? So now I done went off on my tangent. And if you know me right now, you know, every now and then I do this, but I'll bring it right back. It says in verse eight, and they heard the voice of the Lord. Are we hearing his voice today? He's still speaking, but what frequency are you on? That will determine how's your spiritual life? What is your spiritual temperature like? Because God is not coming. I've seen, I've seen this so many times, you know, even my son and I were in Ross one day and we were in the home section and it said something like bless this. It wasn't bless this mess. And I know I've seen that, but it said bless this stress or something. And my son commented on it. And I said, yeah, a lot of people think that God will come in and bless mess and stuff, but he doesn't. He has a way and his, he told us to seek peace and pursue it. He told us if at all possible, live peaceably with all men. He gave us the fruit of his spirit and peace is included in that. Isaiah 26 and three, I quote it often. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because he trusts me. God is for peace. He doesn't like the chaos and the confusion that we end up in, but we make choices and decisions as we see Adam and Eve did. They heard the voice of the Lord. When you hear his voice, when you hear that or feel that gut instinct, do you listen or do you continue on your way to do what you want to do because the flesh is crying and hollering out for it? Oh, I need that drink. Oh, I need to see him. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. Contrary to the word and the will of God. And then we wonder why we're having so many failures and so many problems and so many troubles and so much trouble all around us because we're still disobeying his command. We're still trying to do it our way. It says, as it continues on, it said they heard him in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife, see Adam's name is first and Adam and his wife hid themselves. How many people are hiding themselves from the presence of the Lord today? Because you don't want him to see what you're doing, but guess what? I have news for you. He sees it anyway. He not only sees the deeds, but he sees the hidden thoughts, the secrets. He sees the intentions. He sees your motives. He sees it all. You cannot hide from God. Stop hiding, Adam. He sees you anyway. It says they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And nine says, listen to this carefully, please, people. And the Lord God called unto who? 
Who? Who did he call? He called unto Adam, man, Adam, A-D-A-M. He called unto Adam, not Eve. Yes, she partook of the fruit, but why didn't he address her first? I'll tell you why. Because he gave the authority and responsibility to his first creation, Adam. So he stepped to Adam first. He dealt with Adam first and he's still dealing with the men today. It says, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? Now, you think he didn't know? He knew. He saw them. He saw them before they even went into hiding. But he said, in verse 10, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. See, he told on himself. And I hid myself. 11 says, and he said, who told thee? This is God speaking, the Lord. And who told thee that thou wast naked? Has thou eaten of the tree? Where have I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Now see, he already knew. So he didn't even give Adam an opportunity to lie about it. He called him on a carpet. Verse 12 says, and the man said, hmm. The woman whom thou gavest to be with me. See, it's your fault, Lord. You did this. This is on you. I was cool until you brought this woman up into this garden. You knew she would be hard-headed and rebellious. That's what he's saying. This woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. He said, I didn't touch it. I didn't do it. She gave it to me. 13 says, and the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. So she said, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. It was the serpent that came and filled my head with this stuff. And, and I ate up to that point. They're saying, hey, I didn't touch it until the woman came. I didn't touch it until the serpent beguiled me. We're still passing a buck today. It's still the blame today when people are called out, especially in leadership positions. How many times do you hear this? Okay, this person, and I'm not going to call on anybody per, uh, per se specifically. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I don't care if you're a politician, a teacher, a parent, a husband, a wife, a child, you know, when stuff starts coming out about your actions, you did it. You made the choice. You made the mistake. You messed up. Now it's, well, you know, when I was a child, my parents did this. This happened at school. Well, I was teased as a kid and it, it gave me low self-esteem. So I try to find love. And I actually heard a so-called Christian artist say this. I started trying to find the love that I was missing because of my circumstances in dirty magazines and stuff. As if that justifies, come on, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Just how about say, you know what? Yes, I missed it. I messed up. I was wrong. I saw it. It looked good. And I wanted to experience it. Take responsibility you know, the way God operates, 
you're going to receive the consequences anyway, because the Bible says you reap what you sow. That's Bible. That's Bible 101. Okay. God says, I gave you the command. You chose to disobey. That's fine. So here's what we're going to do now. And this is where we are now. So he listened to their excuses. He didn't even question the serpent. That was, you know, God was like, you're not even an issue. I'm just going to judge you right here, right now. Verse 14 says, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this. What did he do? He came in and he beguiled the woman with his deceiving, deceptive, cunning talk, uh, twisting her head up. How many times women have you allowed that no good man to twist your head up? How many times have we engaged in those conversations knowing that you should have stopped at the beginning? Sometimes you look at that smile and you know what's behind it and you know you need to move on from there. But how many times have we allowed that beguiling talk to get us off track? So he said, because you have done this, thou art cursed. Thou, you, you, the serpent, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field upon thy belly shalt thou go. So apparently the serpent was walking around and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. 15, this is what I was talking about earlier. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So he thought that that promise was coming through Cain and Abel, actually through Abel the righteous seed of Adam and Eve. But really God was pronouncing the gospel that Jesus Christ would come and bruise his, uh, come and crush his head, which he did on the cross of Calvary. So I have to leave it right there. And I'm sure I'm probably going to pick this up in another episode. And we'll talk a little bit more about Adam. Adam, it's time to come out of hiding. It is time to take your rightful position in the home, in the plan of God, in every area of your life. You are called to take dominion. Women, let's pray for our Adams. Be abundantly blessed until I talk to you again in the next episode.